0: I'm going to do something a little different tonight. I'm going to start at the end of the message and preach back to the beginning of the message. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, I was looking at this, and, and uh, I've been studying this for about three days now, and uh, I just said, well, I, don't, I don't know how to bring it all together, but I'm just going to ask God to just bring it all together. If you have Bibles, turned, John chapter 12. Very familiar story. I mean, it's just uh, uh, we've we've read this, preached on this. It's just a very, very familiar story. But I, I'm looking at it in a different way than I have before. Uh, I, I believe that we need, as Christians, get in the attitude of praising God, Amen. worshiping God. And this is one of the greatest stories uh, in the Bible concerning worship. And uh, we can get a hold of it like she got a hold of it. We've we got some good stuff going on. John chapter 12, verse number 1, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead. I love that. Which had been dead. Whom he raised from the dead. You know, one day he's going to raise us from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment and her very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then Jesus said, "One of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence?" and given to the poor. This he said, not that they care for the poor, but because he was a thief, and had the bag and bear that which was put in therein. Then said to Jesus, let her alone against the day of my burying hath she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you, may, you have not always. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for all your mercy and grace and love. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're about to do, Lord. Lord, we need you in a day and an hour in which we live today, Lord. We just ask you to touch us, lift us up, and encourage us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Here, uh, Mary is worshiping the Lord. Now, if you can get this picture, here, here they are. She's sitting with, uh, uh, there's Jesus at the table. And the Bible says, and Lazarus, whom was dead, but Jesus raised, is sitting at the table. Now, that's something to shout about right there. That's something you ought to get excited about. Mary, I know she's excited about it. They went through the ordeal where their brother had died, and now Jesus is raising. They're having a celebration. They're having a supper, and here she's anointing him. She's worshiping him. She's just praising him for what he has done. Let me just say this. You and I ought to praise God in our lives for what he's done. Amen. There's times you've been in a valley that uh, you didn't think there was no way out, but God came down uh, and brought you out of that valley. Some of you may have been in the fire, and and God came down and walked through the fire with you. Some of you may have been in the flood, uh, and God seen you through the flood. Amen. Uh, So Mary is worshiping God for what God has done for her in her life. I say that we love the top of the mountain experience. We love the top of mountain experience. I had a top of the mountain experience today. At the service we was at, I mean, I was on top of the mountain. I was praising God, worshiping God, and, I, and we all went to the altar. I mean, we were just on top of the mountain and left Left just having joy, feeling great, until I went to the hospital. Then I went through the valley. If you look at Mary here worshiping God, can I say this? She could not have done this if what had happened in chapter 11 did not happen. Turn to chapter 11. Remember, she's on top of the mountain. She's worshiping. She's praising God. But one chapter prior for that, she's in a valley. She's in a dark place. Verse 1, chapter 11, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and his sister Martha. It was that Mary which had anointed the Lord with oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, be whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto the death, but the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard these these, therefore, that he was sick, I want you to get this, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. You get this. You understand this? Jesus gets the word that Lazarus is sick. Martha sends word, says, uh, "The whom you love uh, is sick. We need you to come down. Uh, we need your help. Uh, if you don't get here, something's going to happen." And, and Jesus did love them. He loved the family. He loved Lazarus. He loves Martha. He loves uh, Mary, and, and they loved him. But they would never had the experience in chapter 12 if this had, had not had happened in chapter 11. Let me just say this. You'll never experience a great moment of praise in your life if you don't experience a great moment of problems in your life. You'll never have great victory unless you first have great battles to fight. There are times that I like to shout. There's times that the Lord will have me in a place that I can't shout. Maybe we can praise the Lord the way we want to. Maybe we're not shouting or praising God like we should. There may be something down inside that has got you so weary and it's hard to do what you need to do because you feel like you're drained. But oftentimes there are moments where your heart is broken. When you have prayed and prayed and feel like you can't get nothing answered. God is not answering. Can I tell you, just keep pressing on. Martha and Mary prayed and sent to Jesus. Your Lazarus is sick. Uh, and they prayed and they asking, Lord, come and do something. But Jesus abode two days more where he was at. And we know the story. Lazarus died. We also know the end of the story. They were rejoicing. There may be a new chapter in your life later down the road. So don't give up today. You feel like you're going through a valley. You feel like you're going through troubles and trials. Don't give up. There's another chapter of your life just ahead of you. And that's exactly what we have here. Chapter 11, they're they're, they're in a valley. But chapter 12, they're on top of the mountain. But But I want to get a hold of that where Jesus abode two days more. In John John chapter 12, the Bible said he sat down at the table. But here in John chapter 11, he abode. He stayed still. He stayed where he's at. If literally I could use this text, he sat down for two more days. Listen, to how many times did the lame man come to Jesus and called on Jesus he went to him right then and there? How many times that he would walk up to somebody that was in troubled state and touch them and and heal their life right where they were at? Time after time, he performed miracle after miracle in people's lives. He went to where people were at those that was sick, those that was in need. Uh, He even ran into a funeral procession and the man got up out of the coffin. For a family that he knows so well, for a family that he loves, for him to sit still for two more days makes me wonder. I remember my uncle's mother, my grandmother, we would all be outside playing all day. You, you know, summertime when you're a kid, you don't have, think nothing about being hot and sweaty. Didn't think much about it. We'd be all out playing. It was a bunch of us, and we'd come running in the house. And the first thing we do, we'd bust through that living room door, and my grandmother would shout, Sit down! And when you, when she said it without authority, you better sat down. But it also had another meaning. Sit down, shut up. It didn't mean sit down and put your feet on the couch. It didn't mean sit down and prop up your t- feet up on the table. It means sit down and be quiet. I didn't like that rule. I tried to buck against that rule, but I learned real quick you didn't buck against what Granny said to do. She knew a way. She had a way she'll get you where you wanted to. I, I'd rather have been outside playing. So that's, the, that's why most of us, a lot of times, we would go outside in the morning time. We wouldn't come back in until after dark or later. Because so by that time, Granny would be in bed, and we'd had, we had things going on. But I found that after I had kids, I adopted that same program in my house. When they come running in, sit down. Be quiet. We find here that Jesus sat down. I-, I love that song. Stand still and let God move. But do we know what the next verse says? Standing still. Is hard to do. A lot of times we don't want to stand still. We think that we've got our issues. We think we've got our problems. We can take care of it. You say, Lord, if you just let me do this, you let me take care of this, I can finish it right now and won't have to worry about it. I've I've got it under control. Just let me take care of it. Jesus says, okay, I'll sit down and let you take care of it. And every time that he's sat down and I've tried to take care of something, I find out that I mess it up. I I mess it up. I've learned in my Christian walk over the years when Jesus says, I've got it, I'm going to let him have it. I'm not going to take it from him. I'm learning to stand still and let God move. In fact, I'd rather God move than me move. I'd rather him take care of my problem than me trying to take care of my own problem. You find out it's not not what he wants you to move. Sometimes he wants you to stand still, and sometimes he stands still. Like Martha and Mary, the Lord will come to you. He heard them. He hears you and I. That there are many times in our life, like this, that he's got a better plan for you and I that lays ahead. We may not see the plan, we might not understand the plan, but God has that plan for you and I. He sees the end of the story before we get there. He knows the route to take us there. But sometimes it takes him sitting down and being quiet, being still. And it's in those times in my life that when he has sat down and being still, I become afraid. When I'm not hearing the Word of God, I'm not feeling the presence of God, and things just seem to be raging around in my life, and I... Asking God, begging God, pleading to God, uh, uh, what's going on? Why is this happening to me? Why is this going through my life? What am, why am I facing this? And I do, don't even get an answer from God. Then I'm reminded that I have to stand still. I have to be quiet. I have to listen. We sing the song, somewhere in the shadow, there's Jesus standing there. We we preach about the unseen hand of God that always works in our lives. And I I truly believe that. But there's times and moments in our life that I just don't feel that unseen hand. I just don't feel the presence of God. But in your walk with God, there are going to be some uh, trials that you have to face there are going to be some prayers that you pray that you feel like nothing is being done. You feel like God is not moving. He's not doing anything. They said, Lazarus is sick. The man that you love, the family that you cared about. What are you going to do, Jesus? Well, I'm just going to sit down. I'm just going to sit down. Then after two days, Jesus says, let's go. I imagine when Jesus said, let's go, the disciples were standing around, saying, hey, about time. <laughs> we, we've been waiting for you to say, let's go. Uh, Lazarus is sick. Uh, uh, we need to go, but, but they're not remembering Jesus that this sickness is not unto death. They they totally didn't catch that. So when Jesus stood up and said, let's go. He's not going in the direction that they want him to go into. He's not heading to Bethany. He's heading to Judea. They said, wait a minute. Those people down there are trying to stone you. Why are you going down there? Why, why do you need to go down there? Because somebody needed him there. Somebody needed help. Have you ever been in a place that you, you feel like you're dragging your problems around? You, you, you're dragging your family around. You're just barely getting to church on time. The singers start singing. uh, The preachers start preaching. And about that time, you start seeing somebody getting excited uh, and moving. uh, You're seeing God start to move. uh, And somebody over here get all excited and stand up and start praising God. Somebody back there stands up and start praising God. You see God is moving around in your life, all around you. But God is not moving in your life. You're sitting in church. God, why ain't you moving me? You're moving on my brothers over here. You're moving on my sisters over here. Why ain't you moving on me? Why ain't you causing me? Why ain't you touching me? My family's got problems. I've got problems. What about mine? Jesus In the biggest need of Mary's life, sit down. But that's not the only place we find him. We find him sitting down in chapter 12. Let me do this. See if y'all can work with me tonight. Okay, tonight, y'all going to be chapter 12. Y'all going to be chapter 11. Amen? Okay, now if you're chapter 12, listen to me. You're chapter 12. You done went through chapter 11. You went through that valley. You went through that, that, that sadness. You went through the sickness. You went through the death. You, you don't know what to do. But all of a sudden, Jesus shows up to the tomb and, and stands at the tomb. Lazarus, come forth, and you see your brother coming out. Come on now. Your brother just came out of the grave. Your brother's alive. There should be some shouting and praising going on. Amen. But you see, chapter 12, we're excited. We're on that mountaintop, and it's a great place to be. But we got chapter 11 over here. (laughs) Chapter 11 over here, you're in the valley. You prayed and asked God to come yeah. you, you you pleaded, you sent word to Jesus Lazarus sick Lazarus' sick. why don't you come? why ain't you answering my prayer? why don't why don't I, you I'm pleading I'm begging you why, why don't you come? and then Lazarus dies you you feel like Everything I'd done was in vain. All my praying was in vain. All my pleading was in vain. Jesus, we love you. We serve you. Uh, but yet, you, you bowed two days later. You didn't come when you needed to come. You were supposed to be here, but you didn't show up till it was too late. How does that make you feel? Put you down, do not you? Over here, we're happy. <laughs> oh hey we even we even forgot that he was in the tomb we are praying he's sitting down at the table he's he's feasting with his table we forgot about that part that's that part's long behind us but these people over here they're still in chapter 11 in that valley place that they are and it's doom and gloom where they are well you know what jesus abode two days more because he knew exactly what he was going to do But he's got to get you to a place. He has to get you to a place that you can worship him for what he has done. Not because you want him to, because he wants to. So a lot of times in our life we think God ought to do exactly what we want him to do in our lives. But Jesus says, you know what? I know the outcome of that and that's not the way I want to get you there. So, you want it done that way? I'm just going to sit down. I'm not going to move. You're not going to feel me. And that'll put you in a place where you're just going to be Lord, I need help. I need something. We just need to get to the altar and just beg God to fill us again. Too many times we've gotten to the point where we just lost contact with God. We want things to do our way. We want things to go our way. But God's got a better way for us. They, they prayed and said, why don't you come? It would, if they'd have prayed, Lord, our brother Lazarus is sick. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. But we know that you hold all things in the palm of your hand. We will trust you in whatever you do. I prayed that prayer today. I prayed it today. Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I have a way that I want things done, but Lord, I know your way is better. And sometimes he has to sit down in order to get our attention. And then he said, I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He cannot show you the great and mighty things if you're trying to do it your way. It has to be done His way. There are times He doesn't answer the prayer the way you want it answered. Maybe it's because of lacking of faith in your life. and He has to sit down to get you where he wants you to be at. There is a purpose for him to sit down. The reason for him to sit down, even when he's sitting down, get this now, even when he's sitting down doing nothing, he's doing something. He's doing something. He knew exactly what he was going to do. He knew exactly what they were going to say. He knew exactly how they was going to feel. He knew what they were going through. But they wouldn't call in on him the way he said they needed to call on him. Sometimes we've got to say, Lord, it's in your hands. I I can't deal with it. I can't. I can't solve the problems, Lord. I, I, what I'm going through, what I'm fighting, what I'm de- I can't deal with it no more, Lord. I'm just going to give it to you. Whatever way you take me, that's the way I'm going to go. We're talking about the hand of God if you're here lately so much that maybe one time we ought to just slip our hands up and put it in the hand of God and say, God, lead me. You show me, and I'll go with you. I'll walk. He said, there's more at the end of the story that I want to show you than at the beginning of the story. That's the way our life goes sometimes. When we get into that valley, we get into that flood of trial or troubles or discouragement or depression, we get into that, that's all we see. That's all we focus on. And Sometimes it's in those areas of your life that God's, sit still until you come to the realization that God is with you even when he's doing nothing he's doing something in your life I don't know about you but I'm about ready to surrender all I'm surrendering all Lord I have been through the valley seems like I lived in the valley Seems like one valley after another valley, but well, I'm going to trust you. My faith is in you. It's not me, it's not man, it's not government. My faith is in you. And when we learn to put our hand in His hand, He will lead you where you need to go. See, not on, it doesn't matter where you're at right now, joy comes in the morning. There's another chapter in your life that God ain't finished with. He's still writing that chapter right now of your life. He said, well, I don't know if I can make it. Well, if God is writing, you're going to make it. Amen. I don't think no one them thought they were going to make it, but they made it. Amen. You imagine that, telling tell the king to, hey, throw him down in the lion's den. I imagine Daniel said, okay, let's go. No, I imagine he had a little fear to him. But he had a lot more faith in God than he had fear. See, our problem is we got more fear than we have faith. We're not trusting God. You, you, you may be going some stuff right now. You may know a family member that's going some stuff right now. You, why don't you just say, Lord, I'm coming unto them on their behalf? Help them to be what I am today, trusting in you. Because I've seen the story, I've seen how it ends. And I don't know about you, but I've read the last chapter of the Bible. We all win. If you're born again washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, you're a winner. And I got now where I'm singing a song, I'm a winner either way, whether I go or whether I stay. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. Amen.